From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up in this episode, it's just over one month since Theresa Harding was sworn in as Mayor of Ipswich. Mayor Harding campaigned on achieving a set list of tasks on the first day, first week and first 30 days as Mayor of the City of Ipswich. And later, an update on the progress of the Brisbane Lions women's team's future headquarters and the training centre for the Lions, located in Springfield Central. It's Saturday, May 16, 2020, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australians since 1999. It's been sink or swim for first-time Ipswich Mayor Teresa Harding. On Thursday, I caught up with the Mayor and I began by asking, did it feel like four weeks since officially taking on the role? Yeah, I guess to, today, all the, when we're recording this on the 14th of, of May, it's, it's one month since we're all sworn in. So it's, it's been a wonderful um, month to, to get involved and, yeah, the, the time's gone quickly. Let's go to the main issue, your high-profile opening volley at the post-election council meeting, and that was the mayoral motion to establish the new Transparency and Integrity Hub website. How is that progressing? Look, I'm going to be pleased that that was um, approved. I think only one one council abstained from that. But the Transparency and Integrity Hub was um, passed as a motion on the first council meeting, and by the next, uh, within seven days, it was up on on the um, on our tenders website, and it's an open tender, open to anyone in Australia and the world who'd like to um, um, respond to it. Um, so we've had a, I think there's a lot of interest. I've had a lot of interest worldwide, and sort of certainly in the um, local government area as to what this will be, because when it's up and running, we'll be the first council in Australia to actually have um, this amount of transparency in how decisions are made and how money is being spent. I've counted the number of days between the close of tenders on May 25 (laughs) and your wish list of having it on the 1st of July. Timing is going to be impossibly tight. Has anybody given you feedback or have you thought about a revised launch date? How's that going to pan out? Um, obviously, I had discussions with council beforehand, but that, that is our deadline. And because of the financial year, I think it's a good date as well. So I'm very happy with the 1st of July at this stage. Looking at your wish list for the first day and first week, is there anything you didn't get done? <laughs> um, the first day we, we did. I don't think we to go through all of it. And the first week, we certainly have, we certainly tick those off in the timeframes um, as part of the 100-day action plan. The Triple C whistleblower scheme that you flagged, uh, how, how is that going to work within council? Yes, I wrote to the Crime and Corruption Commission in the first week to discuss this with them and also to the um, um, Integrity Commission as, as well. Uh, regarding the whistleblower scheme, the council has a public interest disclosure policy and that procedure is in line with the Public Interest Disclosure Act of 2010. And that and uh, that PID coordinator and deputy PID coordinator have been appointed in accordance with the legislation. Um, we also have the Fair Call Program uh, that's run independently and externally. And uh, we also have a new complaints management framework and system that is still maturing. So I certainly have made the offer to the Triple C, but in the meantime, we have these other procedures in place to make sure that what happened here in Ipswich never, ever happens again. 
you certainly gave yourself a big list in the first 30 days. There's a couple of mm. items there that actually uh, appeal to my personal interests, and that's the establishment mm. of an art summit. Uh, how is that progressing? Gosh, COVID's really impacted there, but I've given the green light internally to council to have our inaugural, I'm going to call it, I've renamed it a creative summit. Um, being on the campaign trail, I had a lot of people come to us saying that they would like to change it to be uh, a creative summit, not just an art summit. So it was um, people who were creative, not just artists, but it could be the wood turners as well as choir or um, theatre or music theatre also wanted to participate in that. Um, so I'm working with the, um, what I would like to do with, first of all, is set up um, a um, sector advisory panel and we'll do an expression of interest very soon to get the right people around the table so we can start that creative summit. Well, that makes enormous sense. <laughs> Thank you. Well, what's my expectation, before the previous council was dismissed, they did actually have a, an arts and cultural strategy in place, but it was never funded and never implemented. So one of the things that we'll be discussing is, is that still relevant? Will there need to be changes? Uh, we also would like to discuss, I guess, a calendar or a schedule for the year. We want to make sure that we don't have, you know, the arts awards on the same night as, as, as the music theatre night and things like that, as well as looking how do we do that funding over 12 and over a 12-month and three-year period to give um, these groups some type of uh, funding certainty. Well, from the arts to major infrastructure, the Springfield mm. Central, the Ipswich Rail Line and the Norman Street mm. Bridge are back front and centre again. Well, I think the, the fact that I would see the single biggest infrastructure that we really need to, to get uh, federal and state funding for is the Ipswich to Springfield um, public transport corridor. We need to connect our city, and it's not just for we need to move around, but it also having that railway line, that public transport corridor, means it will, it will set up businesses there. Um, we don't want to have the situation where the, the suburbs in those areas become dormitory suburbs and people have to drive elsewhere for work. We want people to be able to work where they live, and so it's going to be really important to have that train line there. The population projection projections certainly more than cover off that we do need it. It's now a matter of. Um, um, working with our state and federal counterparts to get that funding, and the next step for that train, for that, that railway line, and or the public transport corridor, is is to get um, money for the business case. So we need to have uh, the, the first business case has been done. Now we're going to do uh, two more detailed business cases need to be done, and in the meantime, there is a need for buses to be there. So at the beginning of the year, the state government put on some additional buses around Spring Mountain and other areas, and that's been tremendously successful. So we'd certainly like to see that um, expanded. There's a lot happening this week. Put COVID aside, China imports affecting JBS at Dinmore. Now, I believe you were involved with some discussions. Is there good news for workers at Dinmore? Look, obviously, um, Dinmore, JBS at Dinmore, are the largest private importer in Ipswich. Um, not only that, but they're an essential service. So they've been given an exemption by the government to provide you know, the meat to, to feed Australians and, and other nations as well. So their work's really important. Uh, yesterday, myself and Councillor Doyle and Councillor Fekner sat down with the management of JBS to, to go through some of the detail there. Um, letting everyone know that um, all jobs are being, uh, are being kept. Um, about 17% of their production there goes to China. But because the beef, Australian beef is so well known and loved worldwide, so I'll just desert those sales to other markets. So it's full production. There's no changes to the shifts and um, everyone's keeping their jobs. So I think um, JBS should get a bit of a pat on the back and same with the workers for, for continuing the work in these conditions. Oh, that is good news. Landfills and waste are always ongoing issues and mm. the temporary local planning instruments are in place. Since you've been in the Mayor's Chair, has there been any further discussion about making those TLPIs a permanent part of the Ipswich planning scheme? 
Look, another thing that's happened as well, um, Alan, is um, one of the DAs has, has come forward and started a public notification period yesterday as well. Look, I'm going to be really clear about this. Um, the days of Ipswich, the, uh, the dumping ground for, for Queensland and South East Queensland to me are over. Uh, we take it about 73% of the waste to South East Queensland. It's not sustainable and it's not healthy for us. And, you know, we obviously need to look at, when I say we, all of South East Queensland, need to look at other ways of dealing with waste. Cutting back the waste still leaves a lot of mining voids filled with water, uh, which are often quite dangerous, especially for young people who, who want to get tempted and go swimming in the summer. What can you see as the future path to remediate these mining voids? Look, I think we need to reclaim our environment and um, the, the mining companies and also whoever they've sold the land to, whoever the landowners now, have a legal obligation to remediate those mine sites uh, to, you know, to, the, to the level where they were before. So I can tell you now the appetite in this council is to make sure that that happens. And finally today, are there any other unforeseen jobs that have come your way in the last four weeks? Yes, I, I suppose so, Alan. Um, whilst whenever there's a, a new change, like a new mayor or a new government, there's always a lot of requests that, that come through and you, people who were unsatisfied with the, the previous council have come forward. And I guess with COVID, it's been quite challenging. I've got between three and 400 requests for people to sit down and, and meet with them, which I would like to do. But because I, I can't go to community uh, meetings, or well, there are none, um, and there's not like the Chambers of Commerce meetings and, and other um, community activities, um, it's really curtailed my ability to sit down with people. And I really want to sit down and, and listen to some of the feedback from people in Ipswich, but also attract investment and business in Ipswich as well. So it's one of those unforeseen things. I didn't realise of how do we deal with so many of those um, requests. And coming at the same time as COVID, yes, it didn't even occur to me that you would have a queue of people wishing to see you who have who may well have met you in other at other events or other occasions, and that would have satisfied their needs. But they're they're on the phone making appointments. Yes, and, and I'm get, getting through them, but I've also there's a, a a long list of them, and look, a lot of them are. Uh, there's certainly a proportion of them who were unhappy with the decision that, they, that the previous council made. Um, so they have brought them to the interim administrator who's reviewed them and who's also, I guess, um, agreed with the previous council and they've come back to, to myself. And look, I've got to say, to me, I will take everything at face value. I think um, everyone's entitled to have their case heard and I really want to put that time towards each and every one of those um, requests that have come through. Mayor Teresa Harding, thank you again so much for your time. That's one month down, only three years and 11 months to the next election. <laughs> thank you very much, Alan. Appreciate the time. This week, a major industry briefing took place on the progress and future opportunities of the long-awaited Brisbane Lions women's team headquarters and training centre for the men's team, now known as the Reserve Community Arena at Springfield Central. The webinar was hosted by Ipswich City Council and attended by representatives of the Ipswich and Greater Springfield Chambers of Commerce, Springfield City Group, formerly Springfield Land Corporation, Ipswich Tourism Operators and representatives from the Brisbane Lions. Early works on the site have commenced and Head of Brisbane Lions Infrastructure, Strategy and Government Relations, Jake Anson, detailed the economic benefits of the new home for AFL in Ipswich. The development phase of the project will create the better part of 250 jobs uh, in the local community. 
um, we're intending to have a number of apprentices from the local community um, involved in the in the uh, project as well because we've uh, got a strong belief in uh, youth engagement through this project. The development phase of the project uh, is estimated by Urbis to have a, an economic impact of um, like 24 million. And then in the operating phase, the project will precipitate a lot of jobs in the community. There'll not only be 300 full-time jobs or thereabouts on the site, um, somewhere between 250 and 300, which is working through the specifics of um, the post-COVID return to work for our industry. Um, but the other, um, other jobs in sectors such as supply um, of uh, match day um, personnel, things like security, catering, um, cleaning services, electricians, plumbers, you name it for operating a, a match day environment. Um, and then uh, a host of other day-to-day -day jobs in places like childcare, gym, um, hospitality and, and the like. Brisbane Lions as a business, we currently um, turn over $60 million a year. It makes us um, the biggest sporting club in, in Queensland, um, about 20-25% 20, 20, larger than the Brisbane Broncos. Um, and um, in the top five or six in the country uh, at full turnover um, of sporting clubs. And that would be um, Broncos are by far the largest in the NRL. So that, that puts us um, uh, at a quite a large scale. Um, and the average um, salary I just put down there of our um, men's players is now in the $390,000 a year um, space. So there's a mixture of jobs in this uh, project that are uh, at the top end of the pay scale and the average pay scale, and there's a, there's a number of entry-level roles as well. Jake Anson went on to detail the immediate benefits for Ipswich after the stadium opens. From a social benefits perspective, um, over 250 full-time staff on site, uh, 200,000 site visits annually in the first few years of operation, um, and we hope that grows over time as the league um, continues to mature. Um, the Lions will be relocating our principal training for both men and women uh, out to the site and all of our club administration. That includes high performance and medical staff. That includes our, um, our wellness and um, our coaching teams. It includes all of our marketing, um, consumer and commercial business units functions. Um, so quite a large number of staff in total, about 150 full-time roles related to the Lions will move out there. Um, AFL women's match attendances at the moment, we're getting um, 5,000 uh, um, uh, capacity um, at our existing community venues that we're playing at. And that's fortnightly matches at the moment through um, February through April. Um, and we think that we've done a bit of uh, surveys and some of these numbers are, um, need a bit more um, research, but roughly 80% of regional inbound and then another 20% out of region driving in or flying in from interstate. Um, and probably the other major component that's, I think, in, attractive for the region is um, the Lions give a press conference every second day that's nationally carried um, across the country. Um, these training bases are the principal sites for a lot of our press, um, our press work, so it'll bring a lot of national media attention to the region. Looking ahead, Mr Anson detailed the key construction milestones. We've just completed the preparatory earthworks uh, two weeks ago. We intend to engage our head contractor in the coming couple of weeks. Um, we've just been working through some COVID-19 related um, uh, planning um, in that space, and that's delayed us by about a month. But building works are on track to commence um, as intended in winter. Um, hopefully that's in June. And um, the overworks we anticipate being complete around uh, February 
21 and uh, building works on track to uh, be complete in September 21, which is our original timeframe. Lines will move in once the AFL season is completed at the end of 21. Procuring at the moment um, through the head contractor rule of the building trades and, and subcontractors, but where the club will um, procure its um, uh, furniture and fit out its ICT and audio visual and operating phase and match day supplies ourselves and services. So um, we will do that pretty much from the time that we've engaged our head contractor, which gives us a good 18 months to, to, um, to have those discussions. So um, we're always welcoming opportunities to talk with local businesses about what this side will look like once we're operational. You've been listening to Jake Anson from Brisbane Lions with highlights from an industry briefing held this week. Here's what else is happening in Ipswich today. Ipswich libraries have reopened with limited services and only 10 customers inside at a time. 21 off-leash dog parks have reopened. Conservation estates are open except where controlled burns are taking place. Playgrounds, outdoor gyms, barbecues and water fountains will be progressively reconnected from today. The southern end of the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail has reopened after a major facelift linking it to the Brassel Bikeway and a reminder to keep social distancing in mind at all times. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australians since 1999. You can share this podcast from your favourite app or play Ipswich Today from your Google smart speaker. Suggestions are welcome. For future interviews and topics, just go to Ipswich Today's Facebook page and leave a message. Music is from Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thanks for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.